Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where two lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. Now, here are your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. Welcome back to another episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother, the effervescent Matthew Henry. How you doing, Matthew? Effervescent. I am a lively and bubbly. That's right, because you're excited for opening day. Damn straight it, I am. Woo-hoo! It's on Thursday, Matthew. It's less than a week away. Woohoo! We no longer have to be cynical about the future. We can be cynical about the present. Oh, so much better. (laughs) Okay. And by we, I mean I. I get it. I know that you're like the, you know, you're like the big optimist. That's right. Playoffs or bust uh, this year, Ben. That's right. Playoff or or bust, just like last year. Yes, last year was a total bust. So, So this year, it's our turn. That's right. This year is our turn. Hey, Matthew, I saw an article. I don't know. It was in like Forbes or Rich Man's Weekly. You know, the magazines that I get. Of course. And uh, I store them in my special refrigerator for for my periodicals. (laughs) Your humidor? uh, Yeah, it's a humidor. It's right next to my my special refrigerator for my chilling my, my cocktail glasses. That's right. Right. Yeah. Uh, And anyway, I saw in this article, it talked about what the most valuable, the top five most valuable baseball teams. Well, I think they did a full list, the value of all. Right. Of all 30. But they talked about the top five. Mm -hmm. Oakland A's. Pittsburgh Pirates. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They were not in the top five. That is correct. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, However, you know, number one was obviously the Yankees. Because New York, I guess. Uh, that's the I only guess. Reason. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, when was the last time the Yankees won the World Series? Hey, Bob, look that up for me, buddy. Will you work for once in your life? Jesus. Um. Anyway, it said that uh, it said that um, Bob, I can hear you typing. I don't get paid enough for this. <laughs> you don't get paid enough to mute your mic. Man, I thought that's all you did was mute your mic. Anyway, sorry, I'm getting off track here. They they ranked them, you know, and it was like uh, it was like you know it was the the Yankees and and the Red Sox and and the Cubs and um, some other team, somebody stupid. Oh, that's right, it was the Dodgers. Um, and then the fifth most valuable team in Major League Baseball, like if they the Giants owners were to sell the team today, they could get the fifth highest amount. Uh, and it was some exorbitant, really stupidly high amount, and it was the San Francisco Giants. They're a top five team when it comes to value, Matthew. Do you think the San Francisco Giants are a top five team when it comes to performance? No. Do you think they're a top five team when it comes to payroll? Um, no. Do you think they're a top five team in attendance? <laughs> no. Not this year, baby. Not this year. Do you think they had a top five off season? Uh, no. 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 
But anyway, yes. So that's why I'm the pessimist, and that's why yeah. you're effervescent. Well, I'm so I'm so glad that we're opening up like opening day with a, such a <laughs> cheerful introduction to the Giants. It's not opening day yet. We got five days. It's <laughs> it, this is like it's, it's Sunday. Well, I I can't say the date yet. That comes later in the show. I got a question okay. for you first. All right, but first, Bob wants you to know the last time the Yankees won the World Series was the year before the Giants won their first uh, one in San Francisco. 2009? Yeah. Yeah, and they're the most valuable team in baseball. Right. <laughs> Got it. Understood. Yeah, the Giants win three World Series, and they're the fifth. And the Yankees uh, win zero, and they're the first. Sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. What are you going to do? What yeah. are you going to do? What are you going to do? Anyway. Um, uh, yeah, okay. So, anyway, I got a question for you. Okay. Question for you. you okay. Ready? You yeah, ready? I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Do you fold your underwear? <laughs> no. Who folds their underwear? Like, like, <laughs> come on, man. I got a drawer where I just stuff all that stuff in there and, uh, and just, you know, pull one out and, uh, whenever I need it. And, and I will say that, uh, I hate doing laundry. So I have like 50 pairs of underwear. Like, I mean, I'm, I, I have so many pairs of underwear because I never want to run out of underwear, Ben. Okay. That's really important. Never <laughs> run out of underwear. That That is, I, I, I agree. I agree that one should never run out of underwear. Um, wow. Okay. Uh, never run out of underwear. You heard it here first, folks. Anyway, today is Sunday. Wait, March... wait, do you fold your underwear? Wait, what? Do you oh, fold yeah. your underwear? Definitely. Here, I'll show you. Because we, remember, we're in our closet, folks. <laughs> yes, I'm not showing this, you my This drawer. is live. The, what you hear in the background is my drawer opening. And this is me holding up my underwear. Do you see this, Matthew? Wow, it is folded. That's... that's... Yes. And you know what? You if all, I stand how how it Marie up, Kondo of you? Does it bring it you joy? It is Marie Kondo. This is absolutely Marie Kondo, and uh, I definitely line them up like soldiers in my, in my. Uh, <laughs> did, in you, my did, did you hear though? Once she had kids, she she admitted that it's probably not so conceivable to be as organized. Uh, it, well, I heard that she just gave it up. I don't, yes, I don't because she had kids, idea. and she was like, yeah. "Oh, what was I thinking?" <laughs> it turns out. <laughs> it turns out. <laughs> it turns out that it's kind of pointless to, to fold your underwear like this. But you know what? Um, I don't have to do a lot of things that I used to have to do as a parent. Right now, all I have to do is like, you know, when my kids come home and complain about something, I said, yeah, mm-hmm. you probably yeah. shouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's it. That's sure about food in the fridge. That's pretty much it, right? Yeah. And that's about it. That's I And I drive a car lots of, you know, I drive them places. You know, that's that's it. That's what parenting is all about. So I do have more time to fold my underwear. So I guess my my advice to Marie is don't worry, you get that time back eventually. Anyway, today is Sunday, March 26th, as we record this podcast. Um, it, it, It is the last Sunday It's the last weekend before opening day. So, you know, yeah, it's not opening day yet. Uh, so I, I can be, I, I, you know, there's nothing to talk about. Like the giants are still zero and zero. They're in first place. They're tied with the Dodgers. Um, you know, the last time they were in the standings with the Dodgers, they were like, what, how many games was it? Like, it was like a million. They were a million games behind the Dodgers. As was everybody else, but yeah. Well, true, but still like not everybody else is the giants as they relate to the Dodgers. Right. And I don't care about everybody else. But anyway, it's still you know the Giants are in first place, and uh, and yeah we've got uh, we've got the opening day uh, is in I guess when you guys all hear this podcast it'll only be in three days, three 
days until opening day. I am very excited. Uh, Matthew, I believe it is the time of the show where you ask the trivia question. It is. And today's trivia question is, appropriately enough, about opening day. So as we know, Logan Webb will have his second opening day start on Thursday against the Yankees. What San Francisco-era pitcher has the most opening day starts for the San Francisco Giants? I'm going to go with um, Atlee Hammaker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Final answer. All right. I thought you would have gone with Rick Rushell. Yeah. That is also a good one. Mike Kruko's the sentimental pick, of course. Of course. Uh, Jason Schmidt seems pretty reasonable. Yeah, yeah, could be good. I don't know that yeah. he didn't pitch long enough. But I already said final answer for Mr. Hammaker. That's All right. what I'm going with. Okay, yeah. well, we will find yeah. out at the yeah. end of the episode. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Those are the only good pitchers in San Francisco Giants history. <laughs> oh, Woody. Kirk Reader, man. <laughs> oh, man, I didn't think of Woody. Uh, you know, I final answered Hammaker. That's it. You did. You went with yeah. uh, You went with Atley. That's you know, right. I did. He was a fine pitcher in his own right. He was. He was. He was. He was an all-star. He started the all-star game. We've talked about this in the past. We don't have to bring it up. It wasn't no, good. It wasn't pretty. No. All right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sweet. Isn't it time for the booze, boys? All right. Yeah. 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 You're right, Bob. Hey, Bob, I'm sorry I'm being mean to you. I've been mean to you a lot recently. Yeah, you, you get you get a little testy with Bob. I, I think it's because, like, baseball season has been gone for so long, and I need somebody to, to, to like, take my, my feelings out on, and uh, Bob's an imaginary character. <laughs> <laughs> and so that makes it easier. Wow, uh-huh. did I just reveal too much? <laughs> He's not imaginary. He's got a yeah. voice and everything. <laughs> That's true. He does have a voice. Um, he's happy. He's he's imaginary. I need a drink. Yes, <laughs> Bob. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. All Let's right. All get we should probably get into the cocktails, right, Bob? What are you drinking, Matthew? Well, thanks, Bob. Uh, today I am bringing a little known cocktail called. The Switchblade. And uh, I have no idea why it's called the Switchblade, but the Switchblade is a cocktail that uh, it has tequila in it. And I hadn't done a tequila cocktail in a while, and so I went looking for something interesting, and I think I found it. So today's cocktail has two ounces of Blanco tequila, a half ounce of white creme de cacao, three-quarter ounce of lime juice, a quarter ounce of simple syrup. And you put all those ingredients into a cocktail shaker, shake it with ice with about 10 10 seconds or so, double strain it into a chilled coupe glass, and garnish it with a sprinkling of a pinch of cayenne pepper. And, uh, and, And this drink, if you were listening to the ingredients, you might think, what? Creme de cacao and tequila? But yes, I guarantee you it works. Uh, and the, the heat of the cayenne pepper, the sweetness from the creme de cacao all go really nicely with the Blanco to tequila. So that's what I'm drinking today. 
the Switchblade. And of course, if you want to know more about that, go and visit uh, our Happy Hour episode on last week, uh, the previous episode, and you can learn more about this amazing cocktail. So that's what I'm drinking. Mmm, that's a tasty cocktail. It really is, Bob. really is. What are you drinking, Ben? Well, thank you for asking, Bob. That's very kind of you. Uh, today, Bob, I am presenting yet another in my long, endless list of tiki cocktails, a tiki classic. Shocker. <laughs> but folks, as I promised last week, I said the end was nigh, and now it is nigh? <laughs> See when you go use big words like that, you know, you just you know, you can't use them too much because then you start questioning whether you're using them right. Uh, the the end has come. This is the last tiki cocktail that I'm going to present on the show, at least for the foreseeable future. And folks, it is a doozy. It is based upon the Trader Vic classic, the Scorpion Bowl. And uh, I talk a lot about this in the in the previous episode. If you want to know more about it and you want to know more about what I learned on my Tiki journey and what is Tiki exactly, I encourage you to listen to last uh, Thursday's show um, where I talk about this more in depth. But what's in it? Well, there's two ounces of rum, of course, two ounces of gin, one ounce of brandy, one ounce of lemon juice, sorry, lime juice, two ounces of orange juice, three quarter ounces of demerara syrup, and one ounce of orgeat. Uh, Matthew, did I mention the brandy? How's your liver, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, Bob. That's what it's I was going to ask him. <laughs> it's 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 pickled, Bob. It's pickled. You know, that's, that's a lot I of like. booze. Bob yeah, and I are noticing well, that's a lot this, of booze, Ben. Okay, okay. Well, look, this is first of all a cocktail for two. Actually, oh. those ingredients have been reduced. This is actually meant to serve four people. This cocktail. But again, if you want to hear all about that, listen to the cocktail show. Anyway, you take all of those things, you shake them up um, a little bit briefly for about six to eight seconds. Not your standard shake. You dump them all into a bowl if you're making this for four, or into like a pint glass or other large glass for two. Um, and then you float a bunch of orange and line wheels on top. Everybody gets their own straw, and you drink it out communal. It's a big old germ fest. It's a lot of fun. Uh, there you have it, the scorpion, um, and that's what I'm drinking this week, Bob, and it's tasty. Mmm, that's a tasty cocktail. <sighs> it sure is. Yeah, no, I'm I'm mm. feeling it. So, but this is the end, huh? This is this the is last the, the last tiki. This is the last tiki. You know, we're we're wrapping up spring training. I thought we would wrap up tiki. You know, it's time to to look to the future you know um we, we we've prepared for the future and now we're ready to step forward into the season full of hope vim and vigor all right which i think is like latin for wine and vinegar <laughs> sounds sounds about right yes i'm not sure yes. i'm not sure anyway yeah so like you know that's what we're doing we're stepping forward into the future and uh you know the future is bright matthew we're in first place that's right. That's right. We are in first place, and uh, we have a first place roster. And uh, so I thought maybe what we'd do is uh, maybe chat a little bit about 
how the spring went and kind of what the roster looks like going into opening day. What do you think? I agree. I think we should do it position by position. All right. Let's do it position by position. I think the position that I would like to start with is uh, the one that we came into camp with the most question marks about. Fourth place uh, reliever. Yes. No. No. Yeah, who comes in in the sixth inning? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yes, that that, no, uh, that, that. is still that is still a question mark. That is still uh, a question mark. But uh, but what's what's less of a question mark is the catcher position. That's right, and that was the spring battle, wasn't it? It was. Right. It was right? between yeah. between Joey Bart, you know, incumbent mm-hmm. Joey Bart, who still has a lot to prove, mm-hmm. uh, Gold Glove uh, winner Roberto Perez, who was signed uh, to maybe be the number one or number two catcher, uh, you know, with his experience. That's right. And then last year's backup Austin Wins was uh, brought in as well. Yep. And uh, Rule Five draftee Blake Sable yep. added to the mix. That's and right. then a uh, future Hall of Famer, Adrian Sugasti. That's right. Adrian <laughs> Sugasti. Thank you. Oh, man. I, I, we, we, have to, we have to bring his name up again, right? I mean, we'll never hear from this guy again, but you're, you're like, hey. Oh, yeah, yeah. You get Rule 5 draftee Blake Sable. Like every, I don't know how many times you've said that man's name in the past, <laughs> you know, a month. <laughs> But I it's, cannot it's wait until lot. that guy is 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 demoted and therefore returned, and then and then no, just, he's going to be yeah. on the team all year, Ben, all year. <sighs> that's true. That's actually what I predicted. So I, I predicted that's going to happen. So, but anyway, yeah, this was the battle. This was the battle, right? Because Bart came in and they were like, "Hey, Joey, um, you ever gotten that feeling like we don't like you very much?" <laughs> and he was yeah. like, "Yeah, yeah, I did." And they were like, "Yeah, good, because that's true. We don't." <laughs> Yeah, that's like, you know, you go into your job one day and management asks to see you and then they tell you all the things that you've been doing wrong, yeah. but they tell you that they want you to fix it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's that's that's not a good feeling, right? It's not a good feeling to uh, have that happen. And that's what happened to Joey Bart yeah, going I've, into spring training. I've been in a few of those meetings. <laughs> giving or getting that uh, information? Always giving. Yeah. It's called a <laughs> performance improvement plan. That's right. Joey Bart was put on a pip this spring, right. Matthew. <laughs> HR got involved. <laughs> but here's the, you don't want to know the secret about pips, kids. When you're put on a pip. Start looking for another job. They don't want you to succeed. You know, they, they, they really don't. They really don't. And that's kind of how I felt. I, I don't know. Why did they, like, I guess, was this like a motivation? I think they really think that this was a motivating factor for Joey, right? This was meant to motivate him? I get, or or just being cr- brutally honest, you know? Uh, yeah, I think that's, I, I would, yeah. Kapler and, and Farhan, they're more brutally honest kind of guys. They're kind of guys who just tell you the truth and don't realize that you're a human with feelings. That They do strike me as those kind of guys. Yeah. Especially you know, Farhan. Oh, yeah. well, I don't know. I think I think uh, uh, Kapler is 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 equally that way. I mean, he's just going to go drink some whiskey and have his steak tartare, you know, yeah. and uh, yeah. you know, and 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 do an Instagram reel about well, it. He's going to tell you think... that you need to fix your vibe. That's right. <laughs> yes. All you got to do is take care of your vibe, especially yeah. in the weight room. Well, Joey Bart needs some vibe. That's for sure. Uh, but. It looks like he's making the opening day roster along sure with uh, Roberto Perez. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we know this because 
Pretty much Farhan told us this in an interview uh, with uh, during Endgame uh, late last week, and uh, which was great because now we don't have to guess. You know, we know. And Roberto Perez's contract actually had a stipulation that he had to be on the roster uh, as of last week. Um, otherwise, um, he could be let go and go find another team. And so, so they definitely kept him, and that was probably the right choice. I mean, he is the most experienced uh, backup, uh, well, catcher in general uh, on the team, and uh, has the most uh, hardware to prove it. So, wait, 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 wait. What? So you're saying the catchers are Joey Bart and Roberto Perez? Yes, uh, we actually are carrying three catchers. Because Rule Five Drafty Blake Sable is also projected to make the team, but but will probably be playing outfield to start the season and not catcher. That's right, catcher slash outfielder. Yes, but those Medi- always go well. Mediocre at, at both, I think. <laughs> um, I think, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, this average, yeah. you know, you know, at average at. Average at, or at maybe outfield. slightly above average outfielder, slightly below average catcher equals an average mediocre player, maybe? Yes. If there are 60 major league catchers, Matthew, I definitely think he's in the sub 40 when it comes oh, to for defense. Sure. For yeah. sure. Defense is, but yes. Offense, yeah. though, the guy's been raking. So, Well, we don't know. I mean, right? Yeah, that's the hope. That's the dream. Yeah. And, and of course, my favorite catcher, Adrian Sugasti, was never never had a shot. He never even played. <laughs> so, so yeah, long shot at best. <laughs> the only other catcher besides Austin Wins was Patrick Bailey, who was optioned he out played, a few weeks he, ago. So. He played in my in my dreams, in my fantasies. <laughs> you know, my uh, my rotary baseball, whatever. It is. All right, all right. Yeah. So guys... all of that after all of that, Matthew. After all of that to do. It's it's Roberto Perez and Joey Bart. Yeah, and and what do you think about that? Because I feel like you know, Joey Bart had got off to a good start in the spring, but lately has looked Joey Bartish. Yeah, and uh, particularly at the plate, uh, his defense still seems like you know strong, and that's probably the most important part of of a catcher's job. But man, it'd be nice if the guy could hit. And uh, he struggled lately. You know, he's striking out again. He's doesn't seem to have a command of the strike zone. Uh, so I'm a little concerned about that. Uh, and I, 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 I would not be shocked if Roberto Perez at some point becomes the uh, the catcher that that catches the most games this season. Yeah, I have hope, and I'm rooting for him. But I, but if you ask me to predict, I, I think he's. I think he's a backup catcher at best. I, I think that's where his career is heading. That's that's just how things seem to be trending. And yeah. um you know, but at the same time, like I'm not really sure that he deserves to have this much kind of pressure being put on him. I mean, I don't know. I guess if he's not performing and you're just gonna keep running guys through that position, right? Like just keep throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks. I guess Joey Bart is one of those things. I think you give him a little bit longer of a leash because he does have, or at least at one point may have had some trade value. Well, yeah. I think that's I... kind of sailed. Uh, so, you know, I don't know. I, I think this is his last shot, right? And if he doesn't prove it, I think in the first maybe three months, then, 
they're going to DFA him. And... Yeah, it's definitely, well, they don't have to DFA him because he has an option. Well, well they can option him so down. But, but they he's they gonna... can bring him, put him down to, to AAA. And I, so this is definitely his last season to prove it. Uh, if he does not have a good season this year, I see the Giants going in a different direction. Or, you know, Patrick Bailey may be ready at that point. Yeah. Uh, or something like that. So, um, well, or... I... Rule five drafty Blake Sable uh, proves himself. <laughs> he has as to prove that guy competent. has to prove he can catch the ball, Matthew. Okay, so like I think he's got a lot more to prove defensively than than Joey Bart has to prove offensively. Yes, but the frankly. Giants are willing to forgive a little bit of that for for a thump. Yeah, and, because they uh, hate defense. Right. right. Exactly. So that. don't don't hate the hater. I mean, he's yeah. you know don't hate the player. I mean, he's the guy. That he's just playing the game, man. So I could see him being the starter for the Giants if he's a hitter. I like him better, like, try, let's try to turn him into a corner outfielder or a first baseman than I do liking him at catcher, of all things. Uh, yeah, I think that's the weirdest. Outfielder, catcher, second baseman, slash, uh, <laughs> uh, espresso I just think catcher's maker. the weirdest position to try this out at. Like, Well, he's a left-handed hitter. That's why they really, you know, throws right. So that's why they wanted to make him into a catcher. I know why they want to. Like, I get it. Like, I want a billion dollars. Like, yeah, it's not going to happen. Anyway, like, uh, I, here's here's my, just getting back to Bart. I, I, I think that he has to, like you said, he has to have a good season. I think that's the emphasis is on he has to have a good full season. He can't have flashes. Like, he's got to put it all together for a 162 game stretch. Right? And And so he's got to be performing in month one. And he's got to be performing in month six and he's got to be decent in between. I think Joey Bart has to put all the things together. If he doesn't, then he's going to find himself as the, you know, the the Sacramento San Francisco yo-yo. And after that, you know, the Giants will look elsewhere to fill that position permanently. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think so. This is, this is an interesting year because there's a lot of catcher options. Which one is going to come to the forefront? All right. So moving on uh, infield. Uh, this spring was interesting. We had a lot of non-roster invitee players that, uh, that actually had pretty good springs. Uh, and then we, unfortunately, the guys that were projected to be starters, not all of them, them had, uh, the springs that you'd like to see going into, uh, the full season. Uh, best overall player probably at this point was Casey Schmidt, who is not on the 40 man roster. Yeah. And uh, but showed that he could play shortstop this spring, and uh, so I think any little thing that goes wrong with any of the players on the infield, Casey Schmidt has made himself the first option out of AAA. I think, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if they add him to the forty man once they put uh, some of the guys who have long term injuries onto the sixty day IL. So we could see Casey Schmidt being added to the forty man uh, on opening day and be ready to go for a call up uh, as soon as soon as needed. But he had yeah. the best spring overall, both offensively and defensively. I think uh, from the yeah. infield, he's been an absolute eye opener. Um, I think, you know, this is actually one of those cases where I think a, a strong spring training performance actually bodes well for the future because this really feels like an extension of everything that he's done before, yeah. right? And so uh, I know there's a lot of Giants fans who are saying, like, he should be on the opening day roster. Um, I don't really know where there is room for him given the veterans that they have. Uh, and I think that there is um, – there is he's but he's definitely going to be on the team in, in, in this season. And I think – you know, yeah, like right now, it seems like, you know, next year he should be a shoe in to make the, the opening day roster. Right. And he may just 
put himself on here permanently some point this season. But yes, definitely going to be seeing a lot of Casey Schmidt. Uh, just not right now. Yeah, just not yeah. right now. Well, early superstar Brett Wisely uh, was who is on the forty man roster. Yeah, uh, definitely faded over the last half of of the uh-huh. uh, of spring training. Uh, they they've tried him both in the infield and in center field. Uh, you know, you <laughs> read some of the articles; not? they're excited about his athletic ability and and his vibe in yeah, center he's field. A, he's got a good vibe uh, today. However, he misplayed a uh, fly ball into a double slash triple. Uh, uh, that gave up a couple runs uh, that Alex would uh, let up. Uh, so, uh, to me, I had to laugh at that little moment because it just seems like the Giants in a in a nutshell, right? Let's put a guy that doesn't have a lot of experience out there just because he's got good vibes, and let's see what he can do. Yeah. Um, Typical and, Giant. Uh, yeah, and he Good. gave up. Although typical Giants too, he actually got both those runs back later in the game with a uh, a clutch hit. So, um, you know, that's just kind of the way they roll. They'd rather have the upside of the offense than than the defense. But so Brett Wisely was there. Uh, Ford Proctor, another guy, uh, non roster invitee that also had a good spring. Uh, Three forty one on base uh, this spring. Um, guy you never really heard of, and then he had a, a good good camp. Uh, the the best like returning starter though that had the spring was Tyro Estrada, and I feel like Tyro, I could see him having like a breakout season this year where I could see him being like a twenty twenty guy, twenty stolen bases, twenty home runs, uh, playing key key defensive positions, shortstop when when Brandon Crawford needs a break or God forbid is injured. Uh, I think Tyro Estrada is going to have a great year this year. What about you? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I expect him to have a great season. I expect him to be probably the best infielder for the Giants. Um, I'm not counting Jock in this equation, even though we have listed him listed as a corner, uh, corner, um, infielder infielder uh yeah like i i think he's going to be the guy that leads uh leads the giants right i think he's going to be i think he's also going to hit a lot of home runs which is going to be more flashy i think it's this is tyro's infield quite frankly yeah. like yeah like no i think he's the best infielder on the san francisco giants and um you know well, he, he I, hit, yeah he hit 14 home runs last year uh, showed up this year with with some extra muscle. Like he looks bigger this year, and uh, I, I think that could translate into more power. And well, I I'm looking forward to seeing what Tyro does. Uh, um, there were some players that didn't have a great uh, a great spring. Uh, David VR, uh, our incumbent third baseman, the anointed starter at third base, uh, had a miserable spring. Uh, I want to say, wait, wait, how many hits did he have? Uh, four hits? Oh, t- five hits. I think he had a home run today. His first home run of the spring. Uh, th- the thing that stands out to me, zero walks, 10 strikeouts going into today's game. Uh, so I, it just seems like he's not, he's not, uh, being as patient as he was last year. And, and, um, I'm worried that going into, he's, he's supposed to be our starter. We're expecting a lot out of him. And he certainly did not have the spring that would give you confidence that's going to happen this year. I feel like there were a lot of guys like this. There were. You're right. Um, The good news is, as we know, as I said earlier on in the spring training, like spring training is a statistical anomaly. It means means nothing, one, because the games don't don't count, but more importantly, because it's just not long enough of a period of time. 
And also, it's the first, right? It's the first uh, games that you have. And a lot of the times during those games, people are not doing, um, they're not playing baseball so much as working on getting better at baseball. And so the results don't really match up with, with reality. I, I, um, at the same time, though, uh, there have been guys who've gotten better, I think, in the latter half of spring training, and then there have been who, those who didn't. I really felt like like Estrada especially was one of those guys um, who started making great contact, hitting hitting with authority. And uh, and I think Flores, although I, I don't I don't know if that has carried through into the most recent games, but Flores also, you know, uh, got hot towards the end of the spring training as well. Um but but yeah, I mean, at the same time, though, you know, VR, he hit a three run homer today in the Coliseum. You know, you, hey, if the streak starts today, Matthew, all of that spring training doesn't matter. Right. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are you are you are you sounding optimistic? Uh, uh, well, that was quite the optimistic take on you, Ben. Don't you know, it's just true. It's not, it's not, you know, like I'm an, I, you know, you may call me a pessimist or a cynic when I just recite the truth, you know, and the truth is like if David VR hits, you know, this home run is, is the, the run of, you know, like he hits a home run in every consecutive game from now until the end of October, it started today. And then the spring training doesn't matter. It could happen. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Now that is optimism. I don't know what that 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 is. uh, that's yeah. that's the cocktail hitting you. Yeah, yeah, wow. <laughs> the scorpion wow. starting to hit you. The scorpion is stung. <laughs> yeah. Matthew, Another I think David VR is going to win MVP. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> An- another player that didn't have the greatest spring was Brandon Crawford. Uh, and and I'm looking. It's funny. I'm looking at uh, the all those who played infield for the Giants this spring, um, and I'm looking at. And there is a the third column over on Baseball Reference is age, and uh, <laughs> and if you sort that by age, uh, Brandon Crawford rises to the top. Oh, and at at 36 years old, Brandon Crawford is the oldest infielder on the Giants by five years. Uh, uh, Wilmer Flores is second oldest at 31. Wow. And then uh, Tyro is 27. David VR is 26. Casey Smith is 24. Uh, so Brandon Crawford's age, I think, is finally starting to catch up a little bit. He's already dealing with some of the knee stuff that bothered him last year. Uh, but it sounds like he's uh, he's going to be good to go for opening day against his brother-in-law, Cole. Uh, Cole, what's his name? Garrett. Whatever his name. Uh, yeah, Garrett Cole. Thank you. And uh, so... That's a little worrisome to me, too, because, you know, then um, Brandon Crawford, uh, yeah, not getting the Brandon Crawford that we're accustomed to could be a huge uh, problem going forward. I don't want to talk about it, Matthew. All right. Then let's not talk about it. Because, yeah, I mean, nah, I don't want to talk about it. Like, I, I think I have a feeling we're going to have to talk about this during the during the regular season at some point. Right. We're going to have it, to really get into this. You know what? Let's just put it off until then. Here's the good news. Casey Schmidt's ready. Yeah, it looked like yeah, it, didn't I, it. I think Casey Schmidt's ready. And so if this becomes an issue, we know we know we have we have the depth. And that's great. I think that honestly, as a Giants fan, like I, I think this goes beyond that. Right. Like, yes, yes. I think, you know, performance wise, we have this whole field. 
but we're yeah. going to have to deal emotionally with the fact that this is a hole, I think, this year. I do, I do think this is going to happen. All right. Well, there's there's your not so cheerful prediction about uh, Icon Brandon Crawford. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like you know this is the last year of his contract. Uh, there won't be another one coming. Uh, I think it, the the longer we get into the season, where maybe his age starts to show, the less uh, patience that the Giants will have with him. Right. And it wouldn't surprise me if we see Casey Schmidt uh, replace him at some point this year uh, due to injury um, or. More injury than poor performance. I think they'll yeah. give him a longer leash for poor performance. But yeah, that's what I'm worried about is injury. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's yeah. move on. Let's talk about first base. All right, first base. Uh, Jock Peterson, starting first baseman. <laughs> 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 All right, maybe not. Uh, but he did play some innings at first base this uh, this spring, including today against the A's. And it was and he fine. Okay. He had really he had good vibes out there. He had a pick in the dirt. You know, he looked like a first baseman to me today. That was I was I was a little. You know what? He's probably a better first baseman than he's a left fielder, Matthew. Well, let's hope so. <laughs> let's actually God. hope that uh, that Wade and Flores and Davis play a lot of first base, and and Jock just hits the long ball. Let's just hope for that, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's what they sign him for, right? To right. hit the long ball against right-handers, and uh, I, I see no reason why that won't continue. Right. I think I think the the one really great sign coming out of spring training has been Lamont Wade. Yes. I it really does look like whatever the issue was last year with the knee is 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 fully resolved. And I don't he wasn't like standout or amazing, but he was consistent and yeah. he looked fine. And like you know, during the longer season he's going to have stretches where he gets hot and and I am I'm relieved, quite frankly. Um, by what we've seen out of Lamont Wade Jr. during spring training. I, I'm very, very excited about what he can do. Um, yes, and, and mainly because he's one of our better defensive players, both at first base and in the outfield. And uh, I think having his his flexibility is, is going to bode huge for the Giants, for sure. Right, yeah. I mean, and, and his on-base, like he, had, he batted 278 with a 308 on-base, 500 slugging uh, for for the spring. Uh, you know, so nothing spectacular, but definitely looked good, looked looked uh, looked natural. Uh, and if he can continue that during the spring and play good defense, I think the Giants will yeah, take it. Yeah, and he it. was consistent, right? And yeah. he wasn't hurt. <laughs> you know, those I think were the main takeaways. Yeah. Well, and, uh, and you know who else played really well and actually played pretty well today at third base is JD Davis. And uh, I, you know, they there was an article earlier in the week about where he would play and how how much at bats he would get, and and he's going to play everywhere is basically what we're learning. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of um, moving around. He's going to play first and third, fourth most, uh, but look good at third base today, and and surprisingly good. And so. Um, if he could be average, uh, his, his, I mean, he had a great spring. I mean, 341 batting average, 372 on base. Uh, so, uh, you know, JD Davis, again, I think I mentioned this last week, I think will be the dark horse, uh, going into the 2023 and could play a really prominent role in how well the giants do this year. So they're going to find a spot for him to play, even if he doesn't have a quote unquote, like position. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth uh, in terms of dark horse. I think he's my dark horse pick for for best infielder. For this yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I still think it's going to be Tyro, but JD Davis, I think, is going to be a standout. And uh, yeah. 
Well, then we get to the outfield. And oh, what boy. we thought was going to be a solid outfield, uh, of course, uh, has been changed due to injuries. Uh, you know, our two signer signees, uh, free agent signees, um, Michael Conforto and Mitch Haniger, uh, had um, varying success in the spring. Uh, but the worst is that Haniger, you know, had a slight oblique strain and won't be ready for the beginning of the season. Yeah, I mean, basically, the second half of spring training was taken away from him, and he's not going to be there for opening day. Not great. No, no. Uh, Conforto uh, had a he had a fine spring. I mean, wasn't um, anything spectacular, uh, but um, you know, but but looked looked good. I mean, he had four home runs, which I think probably led the Giants. I think this spring, um, so definitely the the long ball is there. His average and on base percentage weren't great. Uh, he had 15 strikeouts to two walks during the spring, so that's a little concerning. But hopefully that evens out a little bit as he gets into the season. Uh, but right now he's into the spring with a 2.22 batting average, 2.50 on base, but a 5.11 slugging. So uh, if we can get some consistent power from Michael Conforto and uh, average defense, then um, I think it'll be a good. Uh, he'll have a good year. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I, I think we're going to get it as long as he stays healthy. I, I think if anybody's worried about this because of his spring training numbers, you're looking at spring training too much. Yeah. Right? You yeah. know, it, it, I, I, think, I think the big concern about both of these guys is, is injuries. You know, Matthew, this is a cocktail show. One of the things that we talk a lot about on cocktails and our cocktails is our citrus, right? I really think of these two guys as, uh, as lemons that have already been squeezed. The question <laughs> is, Matthew... How much more juice do these guys have left in them? Are they two squeezed lemons? Or are they one squeezed lemons? I don't yeah. know. Two squeeze. That's what I'm going for. Yeah. Well, Hanniger looks like he might be a one squeezer. And uh, yeah. But then, Matthew, there's good news, though, after those two guys, right? Yes. Right? Superstars, Bryce Johnson. And Rule 5 draftee Blake Sable. That's right. Catcher, Rule 5 draftee Blake Sable is probably going to be your opening, opening day, left, day fielder. left fielder. As Woo! I have said already, hey, Giants fans, for the second time in four seasons, you're going to have a Rule 5 draftee starting in left field. Why not, Ben? Why not? You Yay, know, he's earned it. Hey, Okay, you make fun of him, but have you seen his numbers? He led uh, the entire Giants team. He had actually, he had the most played appearances of any Giant this year. Yes, uh, in the springs, so they wanted oh, you to see better. Him. Yeah, they, they gave they, him every mm-hmm. opportunity. Uh, he had 15 hits, uh, which was a 3.49 batting average, 4.74 on base, 6.51 slugging. He had uh, three home runs and only he had 11 walks to 13 strikeouts. So. Uh, which is that's like the most impressive number to me. I mean, forget everything else. The guy can get on base just by just by his eye, and and so yeah. I. What's not to like about him? Why are you Why are you giving my guy Rule Five? Well, well mainly because Sable? you like him so much. Because he definitely led the Giants in the times his name came out of your mouth. 
you know, like no name has come out of your mouth more often in the 2023 <laughs> spring than Rule Five Dra- Rule Five Draftee Blake Sable, his full legal name, by the way. Uh, and that's why I like to make fun of him. No, I'm actually super excited about this guy. Like, I, I, I really, really want to see him do well. Um, and I, Giants fans, we're gonna see a lot of him. We're gonna see a lot of him early. Uh, I don't think they're going to try to hide him, right? I, I think they they they're going to do the exact opposite, which is they're going to try to get as much of visibility out of him as possible. A lot of time with these Rule Five draftees, what teams do is they try to hide him on their roster, so they can send them back to the minors and then grow them more. That is not what the Giants are trying to do. The Giants are trying to catch lightning in a bottle here, and and they're going to do everything that they can uh, to to get that lightning to to catch fire. Uh, and uh, and so I'm excited. I he's one of the few bright spots on the team that actually fits what they said they wanted to do during spring training was get younger and more athletic. And while he may not be the best defensive catcher, he definitely fits the bill on both of those things. So I'm actually very excited about him. Mm-hmm. As you should be. Yeah. And uh, But speaking of younger and more athletic, uh, so the other guy that benefits from, well, we, we didn't mention Austin Slater being injured as well, but Austin Slater and Mitch Hanniger, who were the projected outfielders going into spring training, are both going to start the season on the IL. Uh, so that opens the door for Bryce Johnson, who also had a really good spring, uh, batted three sixty one. Uh, with a 442 on base, uh, but most impressively, 12 stolen bases, which led the Cactus League. And, the guy can fly. Yeah. And you know what? Like, people, like, stat, hitting stats are streaky. And so I'm not sure that he can carry those stats into the regular season. What is not streaky is speed. Yeah. Right. You either have it or you don't. And, uh, and he's got it. He has yeah. absolutely got it. And well, he's one of those guys that changes the way pitcher's pitch when he's on base. Right. Uh, because everybody knows that he needs to go or he wants to go. And and with the new rules, yeah, only, the new you know, rules. three throwovers and you know all of that, uh, he's going to be a game changer if he can just get on base enough. Right. right? Well, and I think they can also use him to pinch run in certain cases as well. Yeah, late true, in games. true. You know, and he's also going to be a defensive replacement. I think you're going to see a lot of Bryce Johnson late in games. I don't know that mm-hmm. he's going to be starting a lot, but you're going to see him a lot in late in games. He's probably going to come in pinch running situations and then get thrown in the outfield. And um, or in the outfield for defensive reasons, if necessary. So, um, yeah, it absolutely fits the bill in terms of getting younger and more athletic. Um, you know, I man, I hope he can carry this through. I hope he is a surprise because the kid can run and he's fun to watch. Yeah. 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 The guy the guy that didn't have a great spring was Mike Yastrzemski. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and 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 that's an understatement, right? I mean, he had three hits. Oh you know, man! Uh, you know the entire spring. Uh, it doesn't bode well when you got a 120 batting average and a 241 on base and a 200 slugging. Not good, folks. <laughs> when your slugging is worse than your on base and your on base is low, that's a bad, bad spring. And you know everyone's like, oh, nobody's worried because he's got a track record and he's done well and. I I hope that's true because the guy has looked terrible this spring. Yeah, he has not been great. This is um, color me worried. You know, I, I again, I know the spring is is a 
statistical anomaly, but but this seems to be carrying through from from last season, and I'm worrying. I'm worried. I'm worried about Yaz, and it leaves a huge hole. Now, granted, yeah, Slater gets healthy. He could replace Yaz on the defensive side. Uh, you know, Hanniger comes back. You know, that does create a little bit of pressure from from Sable and Johnson. But I think, you know, Yaz and a lot of he hasn't been with the Giants for nearly as long, but there's this emotional attachment to the guy. Right. Like, yeah, he was the only thing that we had during a very dark period of time. And, you know, he was the face of the franchise. Right. You know, I, I think, you know, in 2020, which was a weird year and. I think we all want to see him do well, and I hope that he doesn't go out this way. And and he does kind of leave a big hole. Um, But that being said, in a lot of ways, like Crawford, I do feel like we have a little bit of depth here, right? I I think Bryce Johnson and and Sable both show that there are, you know, you know, Sable with his athleticism, his speed. Sorry, Johnson with his speed and Sable with his batting, right? I mean, these are two guys that that might be able to fill the void. Um. You know, at least emotionally, uh, you know, and yeah. Well, and, and back. Yeah. Yeah. offensively, Yaz hasn't, uh, you know, has traditionally been a pretty solid player, but he also adds value on the defensive side, which is you can't say a lot for everyone. And I think we tend to forget that, you know, when they do wins above replacement and talk about your war, you know, uh, the defense defense matters part of that yeah Yeah. and And i mean look at jock last year jock actually gave up all the war that he earned on offense he gave away on defense yeah and uh and yaz uh if he could just be serviceable offensively could also be valuable just by his defense yeah and and that's that's the hope right right he does just enough to to make himself be positive on defense and um we really do need him to be to be that but that is a great point the defense does matter right like wow matthew wow thank you Thank you. you know, trying Thank to be you for standing for the good defensive guys. All right. You know, <laughs> well, and speaking of guys that maybe, well, I don't know if we can call him a good defensive guy, but uh, but Austin Slater has, over the last couple of years, has carved out a really solid role on this team, particularly the way he hits left-handers. And, and I think the Giants were really counting on him to give Yaz those days off against tough lefties and, and provide solid center field defense. And what happens? He has an elbow injury, then a calf injury, and now a hamstring injury, and could miss, you know, probably a good two to three weeks of the season before he's even ready to, to return. So I thought it was going to be worse than that. I heard he's going to be back in April, which I think is good. Um, yeah. So, but yes, Austin Slater is a guy that, that we really need. And I know there's a lot of people out there that don't like, you know, they look at Yaz's numbers, they look at Slater's numbers, and and they think that they suck. Again, like they're not as bad as you think. They these guys save us on defense. And when we don't have them, when all we have are Jock Petersons in the outfield, you know what? We finish 81 and 81 because we had a good last two weeks. That's what bad defense <laughs> did for us last year. So defense does matter, right? It does. And we really need Yaz and Slater to be healthy and performing at least mediocre on the offensive side because they're so good defensively. And also, you know, there's been a lot like I've been interacting with some some fans on Twitter uh, and it seems like there's a lot of um, uh, fans have a lot of issues with the whole platooning thing, Uh, you know, and you can't platoon everyone because there's not enough players to platoon everyone. Right. 
But but platooning has its place, and Austin Slater's role is to come off the bench, play solid defense, and hit left-handers, and he has done that better than than just about anybody on the Giants. He is excellent against left-handers. Yeah. Uh, not and and he's actually kind of okay against right-handers. Uh, just interesting that he's never really gotten a shot. Um, and then Yaz, you know, when he started out with the Giants, was not someone you would platoon because he actually had pretty decent splits against both lefties and righties. But in the last year plus, he's really struggled against lefties and and so with Austin Slater as his kind of counterpart you could have a really really good center fielder with uh, with those the two guys. Austin yeah. Yastrzemski player you know yeah. uh, I think uh, so so that's what they're counting on and if he can come back and offer that that's great when we talk about those injured players though Hanniger and Slater that means two players have to leave when they come back uh, the obvious ones are Bryce Johnson who will just be optioned back to 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 the to triple a uh but the other one that seems to be the answer would if we're doing a one-for-one swap would be rule five draft d blake sable (laughs) and uh or roberto perez right so or third option is someone else get injured and uh and they find a way to kick that can down the road. Yeah, I, I think they will. I think they will find a way to kick the can down the road because you know what I believe. Somebody's always hurt, right? Yes. And and so I, I think they're gonna have a lot of opportunities to keep Sable. I think Sable's flexibility helps. I think that if if it does have to be Sable, then they will you know, as catcher, then he's probably not gonna catch a lot, right? He's actually just probably gonna play outfield and then be your sort of like emergency catcher. Um, and then the question becomes like, who do they keep? Is it, is it, um, is it Perez or Bart, right? Do they option Bart down? Cause they can, right? Um, yeah, yeah that is the other option without losing someone you could option Bart back down. Right. Yeah. And they might think, you know, we can do that five times with Bart. Right. And they, and they, and they might do that not because they don't like Joey Bart or they think he's not performing, but just because it allows them because they can't do that with Sable and they can't do that with Perez. Right. Yeah, so so right. so so it gives them that flexibility. So I, I but I think having Sable being able to play both positions does bode well for all of those guys. Right. Because because if somebody on the in the outfield gets hurt, then um, if somebody on the outfield gets hurt, then, you know, Sable can play fill that role. And if, if not, then they can option down Bart. Um, so I, I do think yep. there is some flexibility in there. Um all right, but we got to move on. We do getting... have to move on. We are running late, folks. This is but probably we're going to run long. We're going to run long. We're going to run long. This yeah. is opening day. Come this on, is, man. This is like this is it. This is the roster breakdown. This is a long episode. You know, go go make another scorpion bowl, right? Like like you know, and then <laughs> yes, you can be as drunk that, as I am. Sound even better. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, so you, here's the luxury though. You can pause. You can take a break. Go make another scorpion bowl, or you can make another switchblade. I guess. You know? Yeah, yeah, could. yeah. Or if you made one, you could make the other, and then just come back and listen to us talk about the pitching staff, because that's what we're going to do next. And let's do that. Let's do it. Starting pitching. Starting pitching. Starting. So, so the starters. Well, wait, wait. Uh, as... Can I just say though? No, folks. No, I can't. Okay. No, go ahead. No. All right. All right. Go ahead. Say, all right. All right. All right. Folks, this is where the Giants are really good. This team. <laughs> yeah. This team. The team that we're about to talk about is so deep and so good. The only question is, how do we fit all of these guys onto the roster at the same time? Like, how do we get them all to impact the game? And how do we get it so that they don't have to rely on the crappy defense on the other side? 
this pitching staff is amazingly good. And that is that is a good point because I think we tend to focus on offense. Yeah. Uh, as the main driver for run scoring, but you know, preventing runs is just as effective. That's right. As as you know, and and the Giants are set up to do exactly that. Uh, and and I think you know when you let go of someone like Carlos Rodon, you know, who was clearly our you know a front line number one type starter last year, and you replace them with two who's hurt. Yeah. Uh, what's that? Who's hurt? By the way, that's right. That's why you don't give long term contracts to pitchers uh, <laughs> unless they're Logan Webb. That's why uh, Farhan Zaidi is a genius. That's right. That's why he's getting paid the big bucks and we're sitting in our closets. But uh but at the same time, the Giants have uh they've 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 got two guys that they signed with Ross Stripling and Sean Manea who are sliding nicely into the rotation and and both have had pretty good springs. Uh, Ross Stripling has like 16 strikeouts and no walks this year, which was, I, I looked at those stats and I had to double check. I'm going to double check it again right now because I almost don't believe that. Um, but, uh, yeah. See, now I'm finding where it is. Sean Manea, Ross Stripling, where are you? There you are. Yes, 16 strikeouts, no walks uh, this this spring, uh, which is, you know, pretty good. And, uh, <laughs> and, and It's all right. And I think, I think he could have, right. you know uh, what? He could have given up less walks. Yeah, I don't think so. No, wait, I don't, I don't no, think... he couldn't have done that. Oh, <laughs> he couldn't have given up less walks. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe he had more strikeouts. I don't know if you want to, but but both have had a really good spring and uh, and have really kind of classified the whole uh, pitching staff as as ones that you know have a lot of depth, right? Yeah. Now, now we've got so we got Logan Webb, uh, who is our opening day starter, as we mentioned. Alex Wood has had an amazing spring. I mean, today he struck out. Ten batters in six innings, uh, which uh, and he's had uh, I think twenty four strikeouts in fourteen innings this spring, uh, and that's something that the actually the Giants uh, pitching staff has really focused on because uh, it turns out if you don't allow people to hit the ball, then your defense gets better. That's right. The more strikeouts you have, the less uh, you have to worry about uh, Blake Sable catching the ball in left field. Yeah, or Wilmer Flores at second base. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Or or Ben Henry at shortstop. That's right. Oh, man. Yes. Strike them out when Ben Henry's at shortstop. <laughs> uh, and so so they've got, uh, so those guys have all done a great job. Um, uh, Alex Cobb also has had a really good uh, spring. He's had a whip under one uh, mm-hmm. for, for the spring. Wait, uh, remember, remember at the beginning of the spring training when he had that awful game and he was like, I hate the pitch clock? Yeah, that would that did not. We were not confident in his uh, no. statements, but well, he turned that around. Didn't he did. He? It would, took him. I don't know. It took him five days, and he fixed it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep, yep. And uh, also, though, isn't isn't didn't he? He's the one that took the the line drive off the knee, right? He so, did, but then uh, he felt like, yeah, no, it turned out to not be as bad as. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so there was a little worry about him. Uh, would he be able to start? But it sounds like he's doing well and will be making the team. Um, also, one of our older pitchers. He's thirty five. I didn't realize he was that old. Um, but uh, but but those have been uh, great. You know, who else has had a good spring? Is Sean Jelly. Uh, who Farhan shared on that uh, tell-all uh, interview uh, in the spring with with Dave Fleming is that Sean Jelly was going to make the team. Uh, he saw <laughs> Sean Jelly is you know would be the tied for the tallest pitcher in Major League history or is tied. Is yeah. uh, And uh, uh, this spring he had uh, 17 innings. He had a 1.59 ERA, 22 strikeouts, and three walks. 
in uh, in 17 innings. Uh, the guy added 15 pounds over the over the winter and added to his velocity and looked really good. And uh, I think there was only, the only question of why he wouldn't make the team is that maybe they would want him to actually get starter innings in AAA in case they needed uh, a starter to come up. But it sounds like they're going to run with guys uh, in the bullpen who you know would traditionally be starters. Yeah. Hey, I do I do want to mention there, there there's a little bit thing about Cobb before we we go too far away from the starting pitching he's actually going to pitch in a minor minor league game on monday and so there is still some question as to whether or not he'll make the opening day roster because of the knee but he clearly he's good enough to pitch in a minor league game so so they're not very worried about it but i think they're there it's a little bit iffy if, if he'll be ready for opening day um but if not he would be available probably shortly thereafter Right. Yeah. Right. And uh, and so so we've got so then Sean Jelly, Anthony Desclafani is now actually uh, uh, the everyone's is projecting him to be in the bullpen to start the season. Uh, but I, what? what? Like, OK, this is the part that I'm confused about. And I, I know like we're towards the end of the show, but this is the part that confuses me about this pitching staff. Well, it doesn't surprise me that you're confused, Ben. Right. OK, look. Well, <laughs> so. So. OK, look, look. There's a lot of people out there that is just as dumb as I am or a little bit smarter, but not as smart as you. Okay. What are the Giants going to do with all these starting pitchers? Logan Webb, Alex Wood, Sean Manea, Ross Stripling, Alex Cobb, Sean Jelly, Jacob Junis, Anthony Desclafani. All, all fine pitchers. Yes, all, uh, all, all starting pitchers. Last year. Uh, and yeah, I think that their their plan is to, uh, yeah. I heard I heard Kapler talking to Amy G uh, mm-hmm. this last week. Uh, he envisions games where you book in two starters. You know, yeah. one guy pitches four to five innings, and the other guy pitches four to five innings. Uh, you know, he's definitely going to be challenged to get these guys' wow. uh, innings. And if they do that, though, and if they get into trouble, though, like what happens if they get into trouble like two days in a row or one? Both of those guys get into trouble. That's a lot to ask about the next set of guys we're going to talk about. Sure, but I also in... think that, um, yeah, I think they're banking on winning more games that way than losing. Yeah. And and I think, you know, through the course of a season, there's always going to be games where you're just like, yeah, this is the one where we're, we may yeah. not win because we run I'm, out of I'm pitching. I'm sorry, um, Jacob Junis or, or Anthony Descalfani. You might be getting rocked, but you're going to pitch five innings. That's yeah, right. Because exactly. Because Brevia, Alexander, Rogers and Rogers and Duvall have, can't pitch every day. Exactly. Right. Uh, so, so that's you know it'll be interesting, but I think that is the big question, right? How will uh, they manage all of those those quote unquote starter arms, especially the three that are kind of starting the year in the bullpen? Uh, but then the rest of the relievers. So we've got so you mentioned Jacob Junis and Anthony Descalfani joining Sean Jelly in the bullpen. Uh, the other five relievers would be Brebia, Scott Alexander, Tyler Rogers, Taylor Rogers. And Camilo Duvall. Uh, Camilo had a, t- a wonderful spring and also looked really good for the World Baseball Classic. He did. Uh, and just, I, I see him being like a stud closer this year. I, he's, 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 I mean, he's one of the top in the, in the game. There's no doubt in my mind. He's top no. five. And- and I, and I think there are doubt in some mind, but I think he's going to prove them wrong this this year. And yeah. 
Uh, and especially, I think having Taylor Rogers is going to help a lot because Taylor Rogers can also, you know, come in against a tough lefty or he can spell Camilo. Camilo doesn't have to pitch every day. Yeah. Or maybe he can be more effective when he is out there. Uh, so, yeah, I think that that's, uh, those are both uh, really good late and close or pitchers for us. Uh, the middle, the middle guys, six, seven, eight guys, John Brebbia, Scott Alexander, who are righty and lefty. And then of course, Tyler Rogers, um, out of all of those, Brebbia probably had the worst spring mm-hmm. and uh, didn't have a great day today. He came in to close out the A's game and got rocked uh, for a couple of home runs. Uh, so, you know, there are a couple of, of guys, including Luke Jackson on the IL, that will be joining them probably in May or June. So Brebbia could be one of those that is, um, you know, loses his job once those guys get healthy. Uh, but, um, but I think, you know, overall... The bullpen is really, really strong, and we got guys like Cole Waits, and uh, who started, um, who was started off injured, I believe, in the spring, but now uh, has yeah, he finally joined the uh, the 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 team in the late in the spring training and pitched well for the short amount of time he was there. So there are guys that can come in and fill uh, on the bullpen side, which we didn't necessarily have in the past. So, and we haven't even mentioned guys like Long, uh, you know, I mean, and um, so Rookie of the Year candidate Kyle Harrison, we haven't even mentioned. Because no. you know we've got so much death. Who do we? Who? Why do we even need them? We don't. We don't. And and uh, you know he didn't have a great spring. I, I really think he's got to go back to Sacramento and string a few good starts together. You know I, I think he's got to have a really good uh, April before we even think about you know. Well, and they don't even start at the same time the major league club does. So he's got to have the rest of this good spring training, and then he's got to go have a good beginning of the season in Sacramento. I don't think we're going to hear much about Kyle Harrison for a while. I think he's yeah. at least, you know, it's six weeks before we even hear mention of him. Um, well, and, and, and yeah, because especially with the whole, like, you don't want to start his clock towards arbitration and all that. Well, so he's yeah. not coming up early anyway. But then there really doesn't seem to be a need for him, uh, you know, with all the depth they've got. Right. And, and honestly, this, the back end of this bullpen, the Rogers brothers and, and Camilo looks like a three headed monster to me. And and I think it's a really good point that you made about Rogers, you know, Taylor having been a closer for the twins and, and you know, Tyler has closed games for for the Giants. Right. So you have three guys that can all do it. Um, you know, I, I know that you believe that Tyler can't do it, but <laughs> yes, but but you were reading my mind. I was like, <laughs> yeah, there's only two guys that can do it. There are three guys who have the have the, uh, the 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 mental capacity to do it. Uh, you know, I, I I will stay. Well, sure, it takes a lot of cojones to go up there and like lob a little ball underhand thirty miles an hour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, Especially when you know, when Farhan Zaidi is your general manager and he's like defense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he says, wait, wait, did you say D's nuts? <laughs> no, no, Farhan, I said defense, and he says, that's what I thought you said, D's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, you know, but, but anyway, no, I think this bull, the back end of this bullpen is amazing. I, I think, I think Brebbia is a question mark. I think Alexander, you know, I think Alexander had a good end of the last season. Let's hope he extends and keeps doing that. Um, yeah. I am very, very intrigued to see how all of these starters, because that's what they are. These are starting pitchers. The Giants have eight starting pitchers on their opening who will have, you know, assuming Cobb is ready to go, they will have eight starting pitchers on their opening day roster. Right. Like whatever, whatever you want. They have eight starting pitchers on their opening day roster. And I'm really intrigued to see how that goes, because like 
the four, you know, what does that leave? That leaves five other guys to do the rest. Like, no, some of these, some of these guys who are used to being starters are going to have to be converted to relievers and they're going to have to be short and short outing guys. Yeah. And, you know, yes, I think you can get away with six starting guys, but I don't think you can get away with eight, you know? And so it's really intriguing to me to see how that plays out. It is. It's going to be intriguing to see how the season plays out, Ben. That's why they play the games opening day, first game in New York on Thursday. That's right. You know what, Matthew? After looking over this roster, I've been thinking about it. Uh Uh-oh. I think I want to change my guess for the number of wins. Oh. Oh, okay. I'm going to go with 84. What did you remind me what you said before? It was 84. I'm glad you're making these big, bold, bold predictions. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really confident in that number now, though. I was less confident. I was worried, man. I was worried. I'm still worried about the injuries on the offense. I'm still worried about the outfield. Like, the outfield could just turn into a black hole of injuries. I'm really worried about that. But you know what? I'm looking at this. You know what? I'm like, you know what? They can find young kids who can run. And I'm thinking, you know what? They'll have to dip down into the minors. They'll have to just bring up guys who can run and catch the ball. And suddenly we'll have a really good defense with a great pitching rotation. So maybe injuries in the outfield won't be as bad as I think they are. This is what happens when we let Ben drink too much. <laughs> That's right. He gets optimistic, That's doesn't right. he, Bob? Oh, God. Uh, uh, I don't know what happened. All right. Well, I share your enthusiasm. I think there's a lot of upside. I'm still sticking with my 90 wins. I uh, um, I think it's going to happen. 90. And, uh, you know, but we'll see, huh? We'll see. That's why they play the games. And uh, we should probably wrap this up. I think we need to get into our trivia question yeah, answer. We got we to wrap this up. We got to wrap it up. All right. So the question, if you recall, was Logan Webb will have his second opening day start on Thursday against the Yankees. What San Francisco era pitcher has the most opening day starts for the Giants? And you said Atlee Hamaker. Was that correct, Ben? That's right. I said Hadley Yes. Just throwing out things randomly. I mean, I he's my he's my Rickert Fanita. Oh, uh, yes, exactly. On From the, the pitching, pitching side. side yeah. Yes. Yep. Yep. Uh actually it is a guy that has a statue out uh in front of Oracle Park, Juan oh. Marichal. Obviously. He does have a statue, right? A statue, he a statue? Yeah, he's got the statue. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Juan Marichal started 10 opening days over 12 seasons. His first opening day was 1962, and his last was in 1973. The Giants won seven of those 10 starts. By comparison, because I know some people were thinking like Mad Bum Ooh, or something Mad like Bum's that. Mad Bum's a good well, guess. That's a good guess. Yes, because Mad, Mad, Mad Bum had the second most with five start games started from 2014 to 2019. He missed... 2018, where Giants legend Ty Block started the game and beat the Dodgers in a shutout. One of the few uh, Giants pitchers to throw an opening day shutout. Wow, Ty Block with the uh, with the the Rockies. Yeah, I think yeah, and I think he ended his Giants career something like 14 and 19, you know, career record or something like that. So, uh, but Juan Marichal is the answer, and uh, you know, which is so much fun when you've got a, a franchise like the Giants with storied names like that. 
All right. Well, that's the trivia question. Uh, we should probably look ahead to the remain to next week uh, for Thursday's opening day. We have some special cocktails. Opening uh, day. Yes. So opening day happy hour will publish early on Thursday morning, uh, where you can look at uh, my orange in the Bronx cocktail and Ben's orange. You glad it's not tiki. That's right. So we got a couple special cocktails to commemorate opening day and uh, hope that uh, you'll you'll, you know, maybe jump on, listen to it and have a cocktail while you're watching opening day in uh, in the Bronx. So yeah, buy your gin, get gin, get gin. Yes, Hint. yes, little, yes, exactly. Make sure you have your gin and some orange juice. Just, uh, just saying. All right, uh, our opponents, the New York Yankees. Nobody on that team that's very interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. Nobody that we're interested in seeing. Uh, so, you know, it'll be a good, good opening day and uh, I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, Logan Webb against, uh, Garrett Cole, uh, who happens to be Brandon Crawford's brother-in-law. And, uh, you know, it should be fun to see, uh, the Giants play in New York. Oh man. Sweet relief. It's sweet relief. What an off season. You know, <laughs> I mean, this is just, let's just play baseball. All let's right? do it. Let's yes. let the chips fall. Let the chips fall. Exactly. All this talking, we didn't know what we were talking about. Now we're going to see if it was, uh, you know, what what really, really happens. So That's right. Let's hope Ben's really wrong and Matthew's really right. No, exactly. you know what? Let's hope Matthew's wrong, too. Yeah. Let's, I'm, I'm, let's, let's, let's run it back. 108 wins this year. That's Come on. right. Yeah. You're 18 <laughs> games under. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for, uh, for listening. It's been uh, good chatting with everyone. Ben, it's been good chatting with you. Uh, until next time, cheers, my friend. Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until next time, bottoms up. <laughs> <laughs>